Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking about vocabulary and pronouns and fear. Oh, my. So, Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Instead, vocabulary, pronouns, and fears, oh my. Okay, probably beat that down enough, so let's just get on with it. You know, I've told you this before, but many times when I'm going to put together my agenda for the day, uh, I, I take a look at you know, things that uh, interactions that I have had with uh, clients or interactions that I have had with uh, within social media or interactions that I've had with podcast listeners that send me information. And one of the things that has happened uh, over the last few days is I had put out a uh, podcast on language and it had uh, it had stirred a little bit, um, but it did get a little bit of attention. And I decided that today I was going to go and review that a little bit because I recently had an interaction uh, with a peer, another therapist, about pronouns. And one of the things that really came out of that conversation was this concept of fear. And we have hit fear on this podcast many times in different areas. Uh, But I thought, in this situation, this is uh, particularly uh, sensitive right now, and I think it deserves its own little space for specific attention. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to review some of the things that I discussed in my other podcast. I'm not going to go into as great a detail. If you want to listen to that, go ahead and go back to it. Uh, it was within the last week, so probably you know four or five back, and specifically around language. Uh, I think that's probably a a good podcast if you want to go back and listen to one. Uh, It's got a lot of information, and we address it in some pretty uh, unique therapeutic context. Um, But yeah, go ahead. Go listen to that. That's a good one. Um, And then I'm going to do a little intro to pronouns. So like pronouns 101. And I'm not claiming to be the expert. Although these days, I can tell you, there's not really anybody who is an expert. This is a very new topic. Uh, It's only really surfaced over the last few years. And so anybody who claims to be an expert on pronouns uh, and pronoun usage is probably lying to you because we don't really have experts yet. Um, They are developing. And I guess at some point we may have something that we call an expert on it. But right now, that just doesn't exist. We are then going to turn the lens, as we do on this show routinely, to discuss the therapeutic content, which today is going to be fear. And then I like to, oftentimes, not every time, but give a little bit of a to-do list, some things that you can do uh, that will help you navigate this rough water. Let's go ahead and get started on this. Uh, You may hear some rustling because I'm flipping between some uh, pages of research that I have written down. And so if you hear that, uh, I apologize. I'll try to be quiet about it. Um, But it's paper and, you know, I've got a microphone, so it might pick up some of it. 
on uh, uh, the previous podcast, the one about language, uh, I identified 455 new words were added to our dictionary in 2021. Uh, I'm going to highlight some other pieces. Uh, in the 1st through the 12th century, there was a total of 7,681 words. The 13th century, it almost doubled in one century. By the 14th century, it went from 12,695 in the 13th to 29,000 in the 14th century. So we see that there's an acceleration there. And in the 20th century, we have over 230,000 words. And that number is getting bigger and bigger every year. And I say that because I want to paint this picture of what we're really dealing with here. Vocabulary is expanding at this incredible rate. And honestly, it's hard to keep up. I mean, if we're being really honest, uh, you know, as I went over this before, I have a lot of background in communication, and it's it's tough to keep up with the uh, exponential growth that we're seeing in the language itself. Now, that doesn't even account for the different variations that you can put them in, right? Those are just words. Words make sentences and how you structure a sentence can also dictate meaning. So now we've got these complex words, then we have complex sentences, and then we have complex paragraphs, and then chapters, and you know, it goes on and on from there. So we have this infinite uh, communication model. And that is difficult. On a good day, it's difficult. Two of the things that I highlighted there, that particular podcast I want to point to, uh, is that we do introduce new things. Culture does that. So there is a certain natural growth process. 230,000, maybe that's natural growth considering where we are. But then... There's another concern with language that I want to highlight, and that is it can be used to manipulate people. We can miscommunicate on purpose just to throw somebody off of our scent, right? Uh, We could communicate effectively with one person but not with another person on purpose as a means of controlling social dynamics. We could just be a really lousy, crappy communicator and miscommunicate all the time. Like There's different ways of looking at it, but I did want to highlight those because when it comes to fear, I don't want you to miss reality that some of these things are going to change and some of these things are going to be manipulated and you can control one part, yours. That's a little bit of a review. Now I want to get into this pronoun conversation, all right? I did just a little language background. Just, uh, that's my attempt to empathize with you, saying, I know this is hard. I know this is tough. And there's a reason for it. And it doesn't mean you're stupid because you're not. It's complicated. Pronoun conversation. This is where it stemmed from. I got an email from somebody that uh, I know in the profession, and it was... A reference to an article. It was it was all about this article. And so I took the time to read it. Part of my research, part of what I do is take a look at what's out there, what's new. 
And it talks about modern alternatives to saying things like guys or you guys. Um, It discusses whether guys is gender neutral or not. Uh, It talks about, you know, different um, names. So it goes, there's some parts of it that like, you know, I'm wrestling with still. So hang in there with me. You are not alone in this challenge. Uh, Things like y'all, it talks about you. Um, you all, I mean, it, it really gets into the different language that we use. It does talk a little bit about um, folks or f- you folks, uh, everyone, everybody. Um, you know, it goes on and on. Peers, colleagues, friends. And, you know, eventually at one part, and this is what really kind of caught me off guard a little bit, they they offer up alternatives, alternatives for different language. And I got to tell you, it, it didn't, I had a hard time with it. And I had a hard time with it because some of the alternatives seem just as offensive or potentially offensive as the words themselves. And so when we look at pronouns, uh, I do want to highlight that there are Lots and lots of options of things to call people. What I talk about and teach in the therapy world is I'm going to call you by your name. Look, if, if somebody comes in and says, hey, my nickname is Dr. Galakowicz, for those of you who are old enough to remember, uh, then great. I'm going to call you Dr. Galakowicz. You know, hey, my name is Rock great like the rock or rock (laughs) rock just rock okay great i'll call you rock because what i want to do is make sure that i am being thoughtful and thoughtful not just to the person that's in front of me but their uniqueness and i say that because to me that's the safe play it's just, it's the most respectful manner of which I can do things. You know, somebody comes in and says, this is my name. Uh, okay, and then that's your name. Uh, obviously, there may be, for billing purposes, a need for me to write, a, you know, a different name if you have a legal name and then a nickname. Uh, but on my documentation, I can highlight both. There's nothing wrong with that. So I say that because this conversation, I don't think it has to be as hard as we sometimes make it. Uh, one, I don't want to offend anybody. Two, I'm going to offend somebody. Like these are realities. When it comes to pronouns, I'm going to make a mistake. And so will you. I don't care if you think you are the most progressive communicator on the planet. You will make a mistake too. Or you have made mistakes. Lots of them probably. Because... We don't know the intricacies of the person sitting in front of us until we get to know them. We just can't. We can't know what we don't know. That's an impossibility. I know there's there's a, a meme for you. We can't know what we don't know. Um, but what we can do is discover what we don't know. And we're going to get into that. So when it comes to pronouns, I'm going to highlight a few things from this article. Matter of fact, not very many, because mostly um, 
Yeah, well, I just I don't want to waste your time. But the idea of pronouns uh, is, is very interesting. Uh, for example, is dude gender neutral? So when I grew up, I would say dude quite often. Uh, in some situations, I still do. Obviously, I want to be sensitive and thoughtful, uh, but I also want to be natural and normal. Normal not meaning like I'm, you know, one of the crowd, but normal is in not super awkward. Um, I'm already awkward enough. I don't need to be extra awkward. And so I might, you know, for, depending on the circumstance, I might use the word dude. And I thought, huh, might as well start with one that I might use. Sometimes I do. So much like the word guy or guys, this is what it says verbatim, the word dude is often used to informally address friends regardless of gender. While the singular dude can be used this way too, it's more commonly used in a way similar to how the singular guy is often used. So we're just doing some linguistics here. We're saying, oh, dude means probably male, but dudes, my dudes, could mean anything. It's more gender neutral. Because of this strong association, some people avoid using words like dude or dudes when addressing mixed gender groups, especially those they don't know, um, and so on. It goes on and on. This is what I want to key in on. Because we're doing just pronouns 101. What they said following that is, are there gender neutral alternatives for dude, bro, or things like that? This is what they suggest. Buddy, pal, mate, champ, and boss. They're talking about those being gender neutral. And I could see scenarios... I'm sure you can too, where those would be just as offensive. For instance, if you're not my pal and you're like, hey, pal, I'm kind of cringing. I'm like, mm, you're overestimating our relationship. Hey, buddy, mm, maybe overestimating our relationship. Mate, I know that's common language in many parts of the world, uh, but here in the United States, we just don't hear that much, and that would be kind of an odd one for us to hear. Champ, uh, that's assuming that I'm on a pedestal of some sort. I'm not a big fan of that because I work really hard to be um, not putting myself on a pedestal, and I don't mind, like, if you want to put me on a pedestal, go for it, but, like, I... I just I would feel a little bit awkward if you ran around, ran around calling me champ or boss, especially if I'm not your boss. And so in that, I was looking at it going, is this the best we have to offer with the pronouns discussion? And unfortunately, this is a new study. It's a new field. And so maybe right now, this is the best we have to offer. So I got to thinking. Why are we afraid of pronouns, both on the receiving or the sending side of that communication? Like, what are we actually afraid of? And I came up with some ideas as to what that might be. I think one, because this is one of the things, I don't know that for me it's so much of a fear as a, a me attempting to be conscientious, but it could fall in the category of fear. One of those is being offensive. Like, I don't want to be offensive if I can help it. 
because I actually care about people. <laughs> I care about people who are like me or not like me. I, I mean, I just care about people. So I don't want to be offensive if I can help it. Uh, the feeling of being stupid or uninformed. I mean, that's a very real thing for many of us. Uh, there are times where I am very uninformed or sometimes even stupid, uh, mostly because I'm uninformed, uh, where I project and I'm like, ooh, wow, I kind of, well, I, actually, time out. I don't know what I just said. It, I'm, I'm not, I don't know what, what to do with that. And so that's a big deal. Uh, I want to be thoughtful of the fact that we might be afraid that we're going to be stupid or uninformed. We also fear the character traits of being timid which makes us more aggressive, or being aggressive, which makes us more timid. We, in our language, can be either aggressive or timid, or I'm going to suggest there's an alternative, which I'm going to give you in a little bit. The other thing I think we fear is things that are beyond our control. You cannot control this vocabulary pronoun discussion. You can't. You can't control it. There's more words added every year. This pronoun conversation has taken on a life of its own. Even the experts are still trying to figure out what they're an expert in. So we're not really experts in it yet. So we can't reasonably predict, and therefore we don't have the ability to control it completely. What we can control is ourselves. I can't control your feelings, but I can influence them. And so I want to be thoughtful, but I also got to be careful because careful in the sense that I am not out to control your feelings. That is not my agenda. My agenda is to get to know you and for you to get to know me. It's relational. Those of you who have known me personally, like, you know that I'm serious when I say that. I like, I like to know people. And I'm not talking about know them at a, like a two or three on the ladder. No, like I want to know you at a 10. I want, to, I want that, that soul conversation. That your, your soul and my soul are like, they're touching. It's just a wonderful experience relationally. Not being too awkward, hopefully. But the idea is, I can't control your thoughts and your feelings. What I can control is my thoughts and my feelings. I can have feelings and choose good behavior. You can make me mad and I can still choose to be kind. So this whole myth about control we're going to get into as well. Let me tell you what to do. If you want something to do, this is what I recommend. And again, I make recommendations. You make decisions. I don't get to tell you how to live your life, but I can recommend things that hopefully will make life better for you. Number one, accept failure graciously. Own the hurt that you cause. That means no justifying, no blaming, no denying. If somebody says you hurt them, say, I'm sorry for hurting you. Not I'm sorry you're hurt. If they say you hurt me, I'm sorry for hurting you. What can I do to make it right? They say, well, nothing. I'm just going to, I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. Okay. I'm going to live just fine with that because I can't control your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors. 
What I can control is that if I hurt you, whether on purpose or accident, hopefully on accident, that's most of my mistakes are accidental. I can say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. That doesn't mean that I necessarily did anything you know, totally wrong. I'm not acknowledging that I'm a failure in the sense of like, I am attacking you. I am assaulting you. No, I'm not. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm genuinely apologetic about that. And you got to decide what to do with that. Because I'm not going to be offensive on purpose. That's just not who I am. I don't want to be offensive on purpose. I will, however, accidentally be offensive. Or I will accidentally ignore. Or my mind will race into something else and I won't pay attention like I'm supposed to. That happens to me sometimes. The second thing that you can do, be curious. You want to be less stupid? Be more curious. Ask more questions. Seek more knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. Knowledge by itself is useless. We have to be able to apply that in a way that's effective. Wisdom. So be curious. Choose kindness. I know, going back to kindergarten on this one. That means don't be timid and don't be aggressive. There's no need. If somebody is completely offended and they're going crazy in your face, you can still say, you know, you, I can tell you have a lot of emotion and I'd really appreciate it if you'd stay out of my face. That's kind. Nothing wrong with that. We are allowed to have boundaries in our personal bubble. And the final one, let go of the myth that we call control. Now, that's a tough one. Matter of fact, that's probably one for its own podcast at some point. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and highlight that. Because control is a myth. Anytime we're trying to control something outside of ourselves, and sometimes we can't even control the things within ourselves. For instance, fight, flight, freeze. We have a natural response. There are certain things, trauma, where we lose our own controls. And it causes us major issues. But the idea of controlling things is a myth. Some people are better at predicting things and they can therefore seem to have a little bit more control. But the reality is anything could come in there out of the blue and mess it up. So this whole idea of control is for the most part a myth. Okay. That's not to say you can't control anything because you can control your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors. And that does do something. So take a look at that. And with that, I'm going to let you ponder. Please share this with your friends. Tell everybody about us. Get this out there. Have conversations about this. And let us know what you think. Have a great day.